Hi everybody, welcome to Guslam. Assalamu alaikum, ahlan. This is so fun and so exciting. My name is Ahmed and this is my first episode of my first podcast. Um, before I get too deep into it though, I would like to begin by acknowledging that the land in which we gather I'm in Vancouver, is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and the Tsleil-Waututh nations. It's important to recognize, you know, the land that you are benefiting from, so I am going to be starting every episode with that. But like I said, Ahlan, welcome. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this podcast. I'm so excited to be doing this. I've kind of been thinking about it for a while, making a podcast in regards to my conflicting identities. Uh, let me, you know what, let me just begin by explaining the name Guslim. I kind of thought it was a smart play on words of gay and Muslim, Guslim. Um, it took a while for me to kind of actually have it sound good in my head, but you know, once you say it enough, it'll sound fine. Um, yeah, so really what I was trying to do with this is create a platform to unravel our identities and talk about, you know, relationships. And when I say relationships, I'm talking about religion, relationships with people, your family, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, talk about also queerness and our culture. It's tough because queer Muslims have had unique experiences in negotiating their multiple identities in a world that continues to be queerphobic and Islamophobic. And I know I have had a lot of struggles in, you know, organizing my identities. I'm going to talk about who I am later on, but I just really want to emphasize that we all have unique experiences and I want to share mine and I want to hear yours. And I want this to be a platform where, you know, we can have conversations. I could bring people in to talk. And I could also create a safe space for myself to share stories in regards to my past and my history. So who am I? Who's this guy speaking into your ear? Well, okay, let me just give a little bit of a background. So... I studied at the University of Ottawa, and I took the criminology program. I loved it. It was amazing. At that time, I was kind of like not sure what I wanted to do with like my life. So I had a couple things going on. I mean, I just came out of the computer science program. I didn't finish it. I did about like a two years, but I found it wasn't for me. And it was like, I kind of got into it because my parents pushed me into the engineering programs, like air parents. You know, you got to either be a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer. Um, but you know what? I couldn't work with computers, so I just got rid of that and I started criminology. And I'm thinking I'm going to be a police officer because I've always thought that was like an honorable job until, like I said, they working in like policing. And now I kind of have a different perspectives of it. Um, and throughout my time at the University of Ottawa, actually, I took a bunch of like Middle Eastern courses and the history of the Middle East. And I'm not going to lie, I only, okay, well, I took the history of the Middle East thinking it was going to be a bird course, like it was going to be easy because I am from the Middle East. I'm Lebanese 100%. 
from Lebanon. Um, however, it was like the hardest course that I've ever taken. Our history was like insane and it was unbelievably long, but it was amazing to understand and amazing to kind of learn and know where we came from. So while I was studying at the university, I was also working at a nonprofit organization called the AIDS Committee of Ottawa. And it's kind of a, how can I explain this? It's a group that really dedicates their time and resources to working with people more susceptible and living with HIV and AIDS. And we're talking about more at-risk groups such as people who use inject drugs, the ACB African Caribbean Black uh, community, as well as the uh, queer community, the trans community. So we kind of created programs tailored towards those groups of people. I myself worked as the Ethnocultural Resource Program Coordinator. Say that 10 times fast, I know. Um, but like if you just break it down, it kind of describes my exact role, like the ethnocultural resource program coordinator. So I worked with the minority populations to kind of create tailored programs and resources. My job description was really focused on the ACB African Caribbean Black groups. But I felt like I wasn't really the best person for that because I don't identify as an African Caribbean or black person. I am Lebanese. I'm pretty white actually. So um, I kind of had the suggestion that we hire somebody who kind of fit that role a bit better. And then I started to focus my time more on trying to create programs and resources for the queer Arabs, queer Middle Eastern Muslim people that was a really hard group to get into because yes, I identify as that and we are so low key, especially like in a small town, Ottawa, where everybody knows everybody. Like it's, it could be dangerous to be out and about as like a full on gay person in a religious and cultural setting, right? So, I mean, I, re- I remember I tried creating this group called the Anteros Project. And basically what it was is like I took a space from a community home or a community space where you couldn't really, you you wouldn't know what it was for. Like it's such a a diverse space. Like you wouldn't know that, like, I don't know, how can I even say this? Okay, let me just say this. For example, we ran a program called Gay Zone, where gay men could go get tested for STIs, STDs, HIV, all that stuff. Talk to a doctor, and one uh, one of my coworkers says, "Well, why don't you run your Anteros projects, which is, in short, a group for uh, queer Muslims to get together and share experience and stuff? Like, why don't you run your Anteros project from outside of Gay Zone? Like, right? You can have it while the Gay Zone's running. It'll, you know, get some uh, speed going on it." And I kind of thought that was an interesting idea, but not the greatest idea, because when I'm dealing with a community that's so low-key, the last thing some of them, or some of the people, like, the last thing I know I would want would have to be to, like, walk into a space with the sign saying gay zone. Like, if somebody in my family were to have seen that while I was in Ottawa, walking to a space called the gay zone, bruh. Like right now, like that, that's a recipe for disaster. I want to keep like the anonymity, you know, the confidentiality that was so important. So I kind of just looked for um, just communal community spaces that could be used for anything. And so I remember running my first Anderos project and 
I think I had about two people show up, which I thought was okay. Like, it wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. At least somebody showed up. And I realized then, it was like, the marketing for the Anaros projects was extremely difficult. Like, how do you market to people who don't want to be exposed, if that makes sense, right? Like, and I was thinking, well, how would I market to myself? I mean... It had to be extremely discreet. It would have to be so low key. And even then, I would probably think it was a trap or something. Like, it's just that I don't have that. Like, I could see, like, an uncle or, or somebody from the mosque or something, you know, trying to create this, like, group for gay Muslims only to, like, corner them and be like, okay, you guys came. So now, you know, we know your secret. So it's such a hard thing to do. And then I took time to kind of figure out how I can do this. And literally years later, I thought of this, Guslam, a podcast, right? Like, it could be so low-key. You could just download it on your phone. Nobody would even know. I mean, I guess the name's a little less discreet, gay Muslim. <laughs> but, I mean, if it's on your personal phone, then whatever. So it's a little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, I worked at the uh, AIDS Committee of Ottawa. I loved it. The people there were so amazing. And the work that they did was so inspiring. Because I never really did community work before that. I did volunteer a bunch. That's actually how I got the job. I volunteered for them first. And then the manager came up to me and asked if I wanted to work there full time. Which I was like, yes, please get me out of retail. I'm so over retail. I can't do that anymore. So that was a good change of pace. And also, like I said, throughout the time there, throughout my time in criminology, I had my uh, application going for a police force that is here in British Columbia. And I got into the police force, so I had to move to British Columbia to start my new life as a police officer. And that there is another conflicting identity. Now we're talking about a Muslim-raised, Middle Eastern, gay, cis male police officer. Like, how are you supposed to even you know, put those together, and I'm still struggling through it, but I feel like this is a good way to help me kind of realign some stuff, and people ask me, well, like, what's it like being a police officer in a time where police officers are, like, looked down on, or, like, so scrutinized, and yes, that's very tough, and that is going to be, like, an episode on its own, and I'm just going to leave it at that, because once I, if I get into it, it's just going to be a tangent, and I won't be able to stop, so yeah, me being a police officer is going to be an episode on its own. And I welcome people to critique me about the policing too. Because, I mean, yes, the police do need to be critiqued and they need to be at fault. Okay, I'm just going to stop there until next time, you know. But I have been doing this job for two years and I, I love Vancouver. It's such a beautiful city. If any of my queer Muslim brothers and sisters are here in Vancouver, bra hit me up, please. It is really hard to find you guys and I would love to have like that community space so I uh, encourage you to hit me up and how can you do that this is a good segue I made an Instagram account okay it's called Guslam Discussions Um, I'll be posting there you can ask me questions there if you want to get on the show and talk to me ask me on there and I'll you know, if you have questions you want me to answer on the show, then yeah, I'll do that too. So that's kind of going to, like, that's going to be, like, the main way to communicate with me. It's at, like, the little at sign, Guslam Discussions. Now, I kind of want to go back to talking about sharing culture because 
I'm in love with my culture, but I feel like I'm starting to lose it in a way where, like, I don't listen to Arabic music as much or listen to Arabic poetry or art. And that's because I don't surround myself with Muslim, Arab, Middle Eastern people. A, because there's very few of us here in British Columbia, specifically Vancouver. I mean, Ottawa was full of them, right? A small part of it, like I'd say probably point like zero point zero 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 two five were queer, but there were some there. Here there's nobody and there's really nobody to speak my language with, right? I speak Arabic and I feel like I'm starting to lose that too. And I wanna use this platform to share that culture. I wanna share music, art, poetry. If you guys you know, make any of those stuff. I want you to let me know so I can put it on this show as well and feature you guys. I would love that. Um, and speaking of that, every episode, I am going to share some piece of art with you. And for this episode, I want to share some spoken word poetry because I've been really getting into that. And I think it's like the, one of the most beautiful forms of art. And specifically, this piece here has always spoken to me. It's called Hashtag Pride by Prashi Mashu. And she presented this piece at the Unerasist Spoken Word Poetry Convention. And I'm going to play for you right now. No, they don't bite. No, they aren't vampires that they'll bite you and you'll turn. No, auntie, they aren't Satan worshippers. No, they won't force your child into being gay. No, they won't come live in your closet. No, pink and purple doesn't look gay on you. No, just because you prefer shirts over skirts doesn't mean he'll mistake you for a lesbian. No, he won't have a crush on you, bro. No, she doesn't hit on me. Yes, they're just like us. Question, how does one look gay? Do you have to be covered in rainbows? Do you have to dress like Lady Gaga? Like what? I don't understand. I'm assuming Ellen DeGeneres, Ruby Rose and Neil Patrick Harris are all really bad dressers because nobody wants to look gay. When was the last time you heard a guy wearing a black shirt say, dude, does this make me look straight? Why is it that every time I'm holding my girl best friend's hand in public, I'm being told that it's illegal? Hi, government, talking to you. Oh, look, section 377 is here again. You don't know what that is? That is your freedom taken away in a nation known for fighting for freedom. That is your freedom taken away in a nation that claims to be celebrating freedom since 1947. What freedom are we celebrating? They can't marry who they want. Sorry. We can't marry who we want. I say we because why are there a community? Why are straight people not in this community? Why is there a community? Why can't there be no community? How can you classify homosexuals as being different from us when we classify ourselves as heterosexuals and hetero means different? How can you classify homosexuals as being different from us when we society stress on the fact that everyone should be different? How can you classify homosexuals as being different from you and me? Now that we've read the end of this poem, I'd just like to include top 10 things one should know. One, in the words of Denise Froman, dear straight people, gender and sexuality, two different things. Two, being a part of the LGBT community doesn't make you any less of a human. Three, being straight doesn't make you any more of a human. Four, don't say you believe in hashtag pride and still call your friend gay for wearing pink. Five, don't say you believe in hashtag pride and still call your friend a lesbian because she doesn't like anyone. Six, don't say you believe in hashtag pride just because everyone else does. Seven, believe in hashtag pride because you want to. Eight, believe in hashtag pride because you are proud. Nine, believe in hashtag pride so it's not just a hashtag anymore. Ten, say hashtag pride without the hashtag because it's not a trend. Pride. Oh God, I love spoken word poetry. Honestly, it's 
just the emotions that they get themselves into and the fire behind their words, you know? Lately, I've been wanting to express my emotions a little bit more. And I also recently found spoken word poetry. And I'm like, this is the perfect way to do it. There are a couple of people out there who I've listened to. They literally make me cry. I'll be driving down the road and I'll just put on a piece, right? And I'm just driving and all of a sudden I'm just like in tears because the emotions are so real. And it's just, I wish I could write like that. And if I could write like that, girl, I'll be doing spoken word poetry every damn place I go. You can catch me on the bus and I will just be sitting there minding my own business and all of a sudden I burst out into spoken word poetry and you're gonna be like, what is wrong with this girl? But you know what? The inspiration hit. Anyways, that's that's what I would do if I was able to do spoken word poetry. So maybe it's lucky that I can't do it, but we'll leave it up to the professionals. Uh, anyways, I kind of want to end the episode here because I don't want to keep it too long. This is supposed to be just like an intro episode to kind of introduce Guslam to the world. And yeah, usually I could just ramble on and on and on, but I'm not going to do that. Also, I do want to talk about the scheduling for this series. My work schedule is a little messed up. I don't have like a consistent schedule like a lot of people do. So I'm going to try to upload once every two weeks at least. But for sure, within every two weeks, there's going to be an episode coming. Just maybe a day or two late. But I'll do my best. Also, I'm going to end every episode with a little segment that I call hashtag... A feel-good thing that I want to do. So... Hashtag robotic, like, I'm going to have to say what I am grateful for at this time in my life. And if I ever have, you know, any guests on my show, inshallah, one day, then we're both going to have to partake in hashtag Mubarak. So, you know what? I have one for this episode. I feel grateful for the vaccine that's coming out with COVID-19 because I am so over this. I just... Especially moving to this brand new city, I had plans of finding my chosen family. I wanted to meet new friends and explore the culture and stuff. And the only thing I've explored is like five different streaming services on my TV. So I am grateful for this vaccine. It's coming out soon. The light at the end of the tunnel, like I can see it. It's right there. And get your shots and wear your masks too. If you're going out, wear your masks, please. Anyways, may peace be upon you. Assalamu alaikum. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, have a great night.